Welcome to Hoop Fiends, the podcast that has more love for tall European men, even more than, well, European women. Let's get right into it. <laughs> well, folks, the open As long as it's not Kristaps Porzingis. Not any, anyone, anyone besides him. We have lots of, we have lots of itches to scratch, particularly yoke itches and Don titches. Well, well, folks, the opening, the opening oh lines this of this week, say what you will, but we are coming into this podcast potentially hotter than we ever have. I usually say that, but this week personally I had a lot, a lot at stake here, and it just paid off. So we're going to analyze just how special these itches are, Jokic and Doncic, and how special they've been the past few days. They're doing just what we'd love to see the most, and it's to stir the NBA pot with some leaping, soaring, legacy-fulfilling drama because they're taking the leap right in front of our eyes right now and right in front of the eyes of all the TNT viewers. It's great. Last episode, we made some predictions for the past few games. It's time to see if they've aged like Andre Iguodala or Jaleel Okafor. Who is stinky? We'll leave with another set of predictions and label some heroes and villains for each ongoing series. It's kind of our thing. But coming out of the gate, you know we are breaking down for the first time since May 26th of 2013. Today, the New York Knicks have won a playoff game, and this is Hoop Fiends. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. I can't oh, get over it. Man. I'm shaking. I was waking up my neighbors, I'm, I'm sure. I was definitely bothering my family. It's a crazy feeling. We are the New York Knicks. We Sing are the it. New York Knicks. Sing it. I'm so I mean, happy. we're not a Knicks pod by any means. We're we're a Knicks pod with a huge Celtics fan. You know, we're a we're sixty six point six 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 percent Knicks pod. <laughs> Basically, and it's been hard not to talk about them lately because they're just the front of everyone's minds. They like to get in my mind a lot, usually in a way that bothers me. Uh, I famously once started a session with my therapist talking about the New York Knicks. I sat down, and I, I think it was the spring of 2019. I'm like, oh, my God, it's been such a hard day. He's like, what happened? I'm like, they traded Przingis. And they're like, who? I'm like, the Knicks. But now, if I talk to that guy again, I'd be like, I'm, we won that trade. Oh, that's insane to think about. But, oh, man, did we win that trade. We won the trade, and we won tonight, man. It's a, it's a good feeling in the fashion we won because it was in true 2020-2021 New York Knicks fashion because, oddly enough, Julius has been playing kind of kind of shaky. He's looking like this is his first playoff series, and it's harder than just anyone to have their first playoff series because he has to be the guy, and that's not easy. So slack given. He's getting slack tickets from Johnny tonight. But oh, you know I, what's great? I, I agree with you completely. These other guys are coming in big. Burks, baby, Burks. Derrick Rose, dude. I can't, he rose, man. I, can't, I don't have words to describe how good he's been. I was so mad when I found out we were going to trade for him. But he he literally looked it, just as good as freaking Chicago I loved Bulls it. Rose, I, I loved man. it when there was rumors, man. I'll, I'll go ahead and defend myself there. I loved it from the start. <laughs> it's insane. I I can't believe it. He makes me emotional. I, it really does. I almost thought about crying on my way home today. I was just so happy. Well, I love did these you see the interview? So he much. was like, I never thought I'd be here again. I've been waiting yeah. for this moment for so long. Because uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Ernie Johnson. He was like, Derek, did you see that? You actually hit your highest minutes per game mark since 2018. He's like, 
shit, man. <laughs> he was just happy to get like like starter type minutes as he should over Alfred Payton. We're oh completely my God. going. The Alfred Payton was Ben sparked in Alfred Payton is so bad at basketball. Tibbs really might bad. finally realize we we will win this series if Alfred Payton does not play another single minute. Good. That's a that's a Steve guarantee. 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 It's just funny that um, Tibbs like finally had this uh, this epiphany. He would just sat, sat there and just saw Alfred Payton in there for like five minutes and was like, "Wait, what am I doing? Get out of here, <laughs> Darren! Get in there!" No, it's bizarre. And what's tough is it's not like it's just anybody that he's playing Payton over. He's playing Payton over like one of his like lifelong best friends who he has taken to multiple franchises before. It's Derrick Rose. Like, what are you doing? Start him and have IQ be the backup and then have Alfred Payton hand out the Gatorade. Have him <laughs> apply for a job in the front office. Get him off the court. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'd actually love to grab a drink with him and talk about his time on the Knicks. But I don't want to see him play for the Knicks anymore. And it's such a waste of breath to even say it. But I, it has to be brought up when we have an absolute dogfight of a playoff series going on. I, I said it at the start, and I want to stick to it. It's Knicks and six. But if that's going to be true, we got to get Payton off the court. Riley, do you have any other takeaways? That's kind of like a – I know you're supportive. And I know you're loving the Knicks. But any other big takeaways from tonight's game? Um. I also thought it was funny that Todd Gibson was involved a lot. Even though he wasn't scoring a lot, he was on the court for a very long time and was yeah. a focal defensive part, which is hysterical to me. I really think he's, you guys in, in the offseason have got to pick up Joe Kim Noah and Carlos Boozer. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how good Todd has been for us, man. Everyone, dude, every single player on the Knicks except for Alfred Payton. But even him, he gives it his all. Like, but – all of these guys are just so impressive. Nerlens Noel, I would have thought he was a trash pickup before the year started. And he's so integral to what we do. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so top, proud of all of them. Top five in blocks in the league. Like, but he knows the block, man. Like, oh, I know. He was a forgotten Dude. name before this year. Reggie, no one Reggie Bullock is the reason business. you guys won that game. He, exactly. He with the so, fire so under high. everybody's ass. You know what the so, fire everybody's ass? He got like three straight threes in the third quarter to like put a fire bring the lead ass. back. You know who was really bad tonight? Quickly, he was so bad tonight. <laughs> yeah, he did not. But like, not love good. the kid, love everything he's done. He was so was bad. Like right? a, he was actually pretty good game one, so he gets a pass. Exactly. Ob Ob two was kind of bad. Wow, I'm not, I'm the, but I'll, I'm st- I'm an Ob guy though, so it's fine. I'm what, a fan what, of Ob. What's funny to me is a lot of the uh, – if you just, like, look at, looking at the box score, it's funny to think that a lot of the people who were destined to be, like, the Knicks' future are just healthy scratches now. Like, we got no yeah. Kevin Knox, no Frank. We're just, like, get him out of there. We're done with these yeah. guys. We're done with – Kevin Knox – I I like Kevin Knox. I like Frank, but they'll, they're just never going to get better. Frank had his well, chance at the end of last game and blew it. Yeah. Yeah, Frank yeah. sent his own death war, and he, he led to the it's quiet as death in here. <laughs> Literally. That was um, at Frank, actually. But, I mean, I, I, I want to – my mind is telling me to go into off-season moves. What are we going to do to keep building? But I really want to keep it close and just enjoy this moment because I haven't had valuable personal basketball to watch in years. In the past four or five years of my life, the NBA has become an even – more time-consuming thing in my life. But that whole time, that's become something I love more and more than other leagues. 
my actual favorite team, I've just been rooting for tanking. So to actually just have valuable ball along with, like, I'm to be just excited as to watch the Knicks as I would be to watch Milwaukee play Miami feels crazy to me. So I want to keep it local, keep it in the now, and just be so happy that we're at this point. And what we're doing is just an overall culture change. Will all these guys be back next year? Absolutely not. But I think that the fact that New York is here to stay is here. And I think that this game seals it up. I really do. And I think we'll continue to march on. We're going to be, go ahead and we're going to, we're going to stick it to Philly next. I want, I want Philly. I want him bad. I don't, I don't know if we will, but I want him bad. One thing I'd, I'd be interested, uh, even though I know we touched upon it, I'm a little bit pessimistic on playing Derrick Rose 40 minutes a game. Uh, like yeah. just knowing how his inj- injury history and how his body tends to go, it can be a, it can be especially daunting, especially a player as talented as Derrick Rose and how quick he can, he can get to the basket. I wouldn't, uh, I don't necessarily love that idea, but I mean, how, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, if it works, it works, I guess. I think, um, I think if, uh, if Alfred is officially like out of the rotation, like he, Tibbs can like work to balance it a little bit better. Cause like, I, I think today was just weird with like Alfred just played five minutes a game we weren't really prepared rotation-wise. We're just going to throw Derek at the wall. I think if he starts next game, it's like an organized, like, 35 minutes, quickly gets 15 minutes backing him up, and then, like, Alec Burks gets some time. Like, it'll be way more organized, I would think. Maybe not, but because um, I, I agree with you. We can't run him into the wall, like, this, this early. But I think if Alfred's out of the rotation, it'll help just keep things organized. Yeah, it's just – it's very funny to me. I, I don't know, like, what took Tibbs this long to keep Alfred Payton. That's, that's his <laughs> M.O. He drives – he gets, sticks to his guns borderline to a fault. Well, when the, thing, when the uh, postseason comes around, you can't change it at that point. The problem was that he didn't do it way earlier in the regular season. Yeah. I guess it's Julius Randle's fault. Yeah. They, they just kept winning in the regular season, and they never had a reason to kick Alfred Payton to the curb. Uh, Alfred Payton's literally the anti-six-man of the year. Like, he's <laughs> the worst starting player of the year. He comes out, gets in his, like, six or seven minutes to start, and then from that point on, he's used very, like, sparingly. It's bizarre. It doesn't make sense. It's what everyone talks about. And I think there's – I think it could work with Derrick Rose being the main guy because I think Derrick's actually adapting to play point guard a little bit differently. Every once in a while, he'll just throw his body at the rim and I have a heart attack. He'll <laughs> kind of like, like stumble and like catch himself because that was what he was known for as a point guard. He was explosive to the rack and he's really conserving himself. I should actually think he's going to be big out there because he's an absolute veteran presence, former MVP. He's seen playoff time as recently as, I believe, the 2016 Bulls. He had that pretty electrifying game, uh, buzzer beater over LeBron's 2016 Cavs to play spoiler for his comeback party. That, that series actually went pretty deep. I think it went to six. So I, I think Derek's really brings a lot, of, a lot of playoff experience. If he can just keep you know, monitoring those explosive uh, drives and making sure that he's just you know, playing pass-first basketball, I think it's good. As what I want to see as many minutes as tonight, probably not. But yeah, let's get him switching there with IQ. 
and let's just keep him riding. It's, it's a pretty cool success story. I know he had a lot of trouble in life and some things that I bet he's not super proud of, but I think redemption's possible, and I think it's possible on the court. How do you, uh, how do you guys feel about Trey Young tonight? I mean, he did go off, and the crowd definitely hated having him there. But uh, it was so it was, much fun. I love beeping with a player like that. It was so much fun. The the balding yeah. chant, like you, you, it was so, so good. Funny to me. And like I don't know, man. Like he still played great, but like down the stretch and in the second half, we were clearly like I don't know if it was bothering him, bothering the players, but there was they couldn't make shots. Like we were in their head a little bit. I like to think, but I don't know. Yeah, they looked no, young. They looked really young down the stretch. They looked like they had no veterans. You know, that's yeah, true. That, Shout out to the Knicks, uh, sixth best player on the court, DeAndre Hunter, who single-handedly torched the game for the Hawks. And he had a great, like, three quarters, too. And then in the fourth quarter, it looked like he had never played basketball before. Like, <laughs> I was, like, the, amazed. The monster stole of his talent. Seriously. Like Barkley on the court. I actually made a point. It was after he hit a three. He was three for seven with 17 points. And I was like, holy shit, he's going off. Like, at the free throw line, like we can't stop him, and then I don't think he like scored ever since that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, so he finished three for ten, so he did not. <laughs> not good, not good at all. Um, but yeah, how do you guys feel heading heading into Atlanta? Personally, I'm hoping that the Atlanta fans start coming back with like F. Julius Randall chance. I need I need the beef continued on the other side. I I I'd be all for it. Let's have let's have a series. Let's have some fun. <laughs> like, I mean, this is how rivalries are born. You know, we were talking about how much I think one of the Knicks' biggest rivals is the uh, is the Pacers, but that's just because of the beefs they had with them in the playoffs in the early 2010s. This is how beefs get born. I I think we get out of this series, but can you absolutely imagine how intense the regular season games will be with Atlanta next year? Bring it on! Bring on some new rivals because if if we're gonna dish it out, we can take it. Can I take yeah, it? I mean, Probably not. I get offended easily. I'm sitting on my couch being like, maybe that's a little too mean, but I'm sure the fans of those stadiums rock it out. I can absolutely get on board for that. Yeah, I I loved it. Um, but, you know, I was very impressed. Big comeback win for the Knicks, and it's the series is still alive. This is still going to be a series. I, I think uh, Atlanta probably at the end of the day can – We'll take it home, but I'm not would not be surprised if the Knicks win, and I'm pulling for them. So I'm excited for the rest of the series. Thank you, pal. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate your your thoughts. Quick, uh, quick thing we were trying to do for this episode is go through all the playoff matchups and do who the heroes and villains are for round one. Uh, I feel like you guys kind of have to abstain for this one uh, because it's obviously your, your home team. But I, I, I think feel like. It- the writing's there, though. You should know what it is. No, it is. No, yeah, definitely the New York Knicks are, are the heroes of this series, and Trey and the Hawks are the villains. For, fun for villains. Sure. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Fun villains. Yeah, no, they're they're incredibly fun villains. I, I'm. We called it early on the hoop feeds that Trey Young was a villain. We we give got this credit. ball rolling. If anyone says it on ESPN, I want some absolute trickle down uh, <laughs> funds going to us. All right. <laughs> Yeah. We had Max Kellerman on the phone. Oh, absolutely. He would be an interesting uh, person to get us on the pod. I feel like he would be absolutely thrown off by our chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you handle it, though. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any more 
you want to talk about the series before we move on to? Uh, I could talk about it for hours. That's probably best to move on. <laughs> All right. Like for my uh, heart rate's sake. So I guess we can talk about uh, Milwaukee and Miami. Uh, so since we last discussed, they played on Monday, and Milwaukee laid the absolute smackdown on Miami. Giannis wow. went off. It was just it was it a was dreadful. A- just dreadful performance all around. It was, like, over from the first three minutes. Like, I've never seen yeah. anything like that. And and honestly, like, I don't know about you guys, but it really makes me look at the series in a different light. Like, I don't know if Miami can keep up with them. Like, that was that was pitiful. Yeah, as, as a big Miami guy and supporter, as you all know, that was a low blow. I, I was not expecting anything like that to happen at all. Heat culture absolutely backfired. Uh, not based on anything they did, but the big thing that I'm hearing, uh, through, I'll, I'll go ahead and cite them specifically. I'm really enjoying the Dan Levitard show with Stugatz, their podcast, the, uh, a lot of Miami Heat fans on that show. And it was cool to listen to a podcast really from Miami Heat fans because they were backtracking to this past offseason. The Rockets pretty much would have taken Tyler Hero and some picks to give James Harden to the Heat. Why did they not do that? Why are they in the situation? That is true. Yeah, it would be so better off, too. <laughs> I actually completely forgot about that. Yeah, Hero has not been playing very well. Going, he, going could have been a like a, he could have been like a bubble guy, like just without fans in the bubble, able to thrive. But I still think he could be good. But, like, clearly it's not there, like, right now. No, not there. Yeah, clearly not. Yeah. Um, and I also don't really understand. I, I was watching this game up. <laughs> Why don't they put Bam on Giannis the whole game? Like, instead, they have Trevor Ariza out there, and he just seems like he's lost. No, Bam like, should be, like, on Giannis every single play, no matter what. If Giannis yeah. is in the game, Bam is in yeah. the game. Absolutely. Well, that's mean, what did it last year. What are they thinking? Who are we to judge Eric Spolster because he's, like, the best coach in the NBA and we're just, like, three hoop fiends? But, <laughs> it, uh, the hoop fiends it, uh, are always right. He yeah, terrifies me. Questionable. If he if he listened to this and was like getting if he if I got an email or if like one of our social media just got like a DM from like the Eric Spolster official account, he's like, I will sue you. Shut this down. I think we have to quit. <laughs> he's a cover up. He's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's um, it was not a not a good look for Miami. Uh, coupled with the fact that um, there was a couple pretty. Pretty nasty uh, hits. Like Ariza took down Giannis with like a free safety tackle. Yeah, that and, was that was bad. Ugly. And then you saw Goron. Goron took down Chris Middleton. Like wrapped him by the pod. Like, Goron. Yeah, wrapped him around and put his leg in between his legs. And like it looked like he almost started to break his leg. It was pretty rough. Not not great heat culture. Yeah, they actually. Yeah. Uh, I heard for the playoffs they contacted um, local North Jersey legend coach Greg Williams to go ahead and be <laughs> assistant coach for the Heat. And he said, you know what, 50 bucks, just go ahead and start tackling dudes. And it looks like it out there. It's, it, it, it's not proud basketball. Is it a plan of theirs? No. I mean, we'll get to the biggest defender of that right now. It's Kevin Durant later. But they just they, – I think they were doing that type of thing because they were in des- desperation mode by the end of the first quarter. I think Milwaukee was – at 40 points by the end of the first quarter. They just oh, yeah. took a – I don't know what it is. Mil- Milwaukee has their number. 
They learned. They figured it out. It's like when Rocky comes back at the end of Rocky Three, he just knows how to beat Clubber Lang. I hope there's a lot of Rocky fans who listen to <laughs> Hoop Fiends, but I think everyone's with me. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to flip. I'm going to completely flip here. I don't think this goes longer than five. I think Milwaukee gets it done in five. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at this point. But, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to – I can't flip. Heaton, seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very curious what tomorrow looks like for that game because if Milwaukee – I'm just looking to see if Miami has any more fight left in them. But I, I, I'd be shocked to see – not as much this Miami team make a comeback. I'd be shocked to see this Bucks team go down. Like they seem like they're on a mission. They seem like they're ready. And I mean, I'm ready. I'm I'm very excited for them to uh, advance. They look good. Yeah. Drew Holiday is incredible. Yeah, he actually is making that difference, and clearly is the upgrade they needed from Bledsoe. And I I, I stand by every take I make in my life and my heat beating the Bucs clearly isn't a good one, but I do stand by that I think the winner of the series really has a chance to win the title. I think the Bucks are showing that. I mean, I think they'd be my pick to come out of the East for sure right now. Yeah, no, they look they look really good. They're just, just clicking. Imagine, imagine if that Bogdanovich trade went through, if he had agreed to – he's probably oh feeling God. stupid he didn't agree to that. He'd it'd be good be, for New York. Having him yeah, – it would be great for New York. <laughs> And having him off that bench would be elite, but no, they're deep, they're solid. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that game. So, who's the hero and villain of this series for you guys? This, this feels easy to me. I don't know about you guys, but you guys go ahead, kick it off. Um, I mean, I I think it's Milwaukee and Giannis, the big heroes. Miami, but they're being playing dirty right now. They're tired. They're down. They're the villains right now. And in general, I feel like they were, like, the uh, not underdogs, but, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, they lost the Heat last year. Can they pull it off this year? Like, obviously, they weren't the betting underdogs, but everyone was, like, rooting for them to come back. And everyone likes Giannis in general. They're the heroes. Yeah, I agree. Heat oh, culture is generally villainous, I feel like. I feel like Milwaukee has even more of a hero narrative this year because last year they were leading – the league in so many things in so many things they uh i believe they had one of one of the better records like in nba history they were like really almost like really chomping at getting up there for like best regular season record and they were and Giannis was coming off you know most likely back-to-back mvps but now that they were just smited down so hard last year and they were like, the first take you know hot item to just go ahead and hop on and say what's wrong with this team just, I would really love to see them get to the finals. Just to be such a like a, like a like fuck you, like we're here and we're here to stay type of team. Well, I mean, I remember the opening game of the season this year was Boston and Milwaukee uh, played, and I remember I think it was Chris Webber said during the game, like honestly, the regular season doesn't matter for either one of these teams. It's all about how they look in the postseason. And obviously Boston has failed that remarkably, and they failed the regular season as well. But um, Milwaukee looks like a completely new animal, and they look like they're what everybody thought they were. So I'm I'm excited. I I hope we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but it seems like it seems like they have it. I wouldn't. Clearly, do, you guys, I think you guys are just kind of the heat a little bit in heat culture. They I would not be surprised if they fought and made the series interesting. 
yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm here for that, and honestly, I love good basketball, so I I, would I hope that so. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same place. I'm not like, you know, I I'm a proud owner of a Milwaukee Bucks T-shirt. It's more for you know, the you know, it's more for fashion purposes than anything else. I like green, but you know, go Bucks. Not gonna live and die by the Bucks, but if they go ahead and pull us off, I'd love to see it for them. But I think my life needs close basketball more than I need. The people in Milwaukee being happy right now, so go, I'll be selfish here. I want good basketball, but I think I'm gonna lock in Milwaukee as a hero. Um, all right, and then the, I guess the other game that took place on Monday was Portland and Denver. Uh, you guys, what opinions do you guys have on this game? It was actually a, it was funny. It seemed a lot closer than it actually was. Like when it's, I remember, like watching it, it felt like it felt like. It, Portland always had a chance, and then you look at them score, and they're like, "Oh, they're not even close." Yeah, I mean, the, it was uh, looking, like, looking like a Dame game at the start of it, and he did. I mean, Dame had forty-two. He really went ahead and just and right in that like second end of second, third quarter, third quarter range, he was really trying to just have some Dame time magic. But like you just said, Jokic really took over, and that's the thing when you have that kind of player like Dame, you're gonna think he's always in it with his team. And I think that's how it's going to be this whole series, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dame, it was just one of those Dame got a vintage Steph Curry performance here. He went off, his, the rest of his team stunk. And if they want to win the series, the role players just need to be better. Simple as that to me. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, CJ played pretty well, too, though. C- CJ was I, like... Yeah, I wasn't really counting CJ in that. And more so, like... Uh, yeah, Carmelo, no. Nurkic, Covington, those guys. I, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just funny that, like, if you're in Denver, this is, like, what you can hope for. Like, Dame Lord went off. CJ played really, really well as well. And they still just didn't, didn't even seem pretty close. Like, that's what you need to feel like as Denver. Um, it's just – it's funny to look at, like, we talked about, like, all year, like, Jokic, like, he can just pass and, like, move the ball around and set up plays so well. He had – he he really wasn't passing passing it that much. I think he had five assists. Like that's really not that much many for him. But um, I mean he was popping off. He put the game on his back. This series is like still. I said it when we were doing the preview, and I still kind of see. I don't, I can't really pick a favorite right now. I could see this going to seven, and either one of them could win. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame this series is actually happening so early in the playoffs. Is honestly some of my favorite players in the NBA are Jokic and Dame because when you watch them, you feel like they can just absolutely take over. I think their play styles are actually so different, but so fun to watch. I feel like under just the pure, like, I wish if, if the NBA had red zone, I'd go ahead and just always have notifications on for, um, for Dame and for Jokic. Well, I guess if you have league pass, but yeah, if you could set notifications for Dame and Jokic, I would because you want to see them just try to cook anybody. And now they're going against each other. I think I still see the Nuggets maybe coming away here because instead of having more role players, I think they have an additional star in Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon where I just see, if anything, the second star of the Blazers is CJ. But I think it's Dame and a glorified role player. I used to be a huge CJ guy. I may have just changed my view on the pod right now. He's not going to be enough to get Dame over the hump here. No, definitely not. But I, I don't know. I still 
stand by I like the Blazers. I'll never waver a pick, and I stand by that I think the Blazers. Who do they play if they win? They play the Mavs, Mavs Clippers. They do. Yeah. I think they could make. I think they could beat one of those teams too. To be honest, absolutely. Especially if it's the Mavs, like it's looking like. Oh no! Yeah. Wouldn't it be? It would be the. Um... It would be like the Jazz or Grizzlies. It would be like the Jazz or oh – I have no idea. I don't I – don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> care remember how this kind of stuff works. It's four strange. Five, we'll have you, so 4-5 we'll, will play one – actually, shit. 4-5 will play on. the winner of one. So what what seed are they? Aren't they 3-6? So they would play 2-7, which – oh, shit. They'd play the Lakers. Lakers yeah. Suns. I, and, and I, I would. I have I the bracket. The Lakers and Suns, right. He's Lakers right. and Suns would beat both these teams pretty handily. I would. Say. Yeah. Never. I take. I roll back my take. I thought they could beat the Mavs and Clippers. They can't beat the Lakers. And, and actually, I mean, while we're on that topic, we're gonna get to those series. But I actually think whoever wins Mavs Clippers will absolutely destroy whoever wins Jazz Grizzlies. No, I don't Central. I don't know. I just don't think the Mavs are that good. Actually, why don't we why don't we do that and then we can go into that a little can, bit. Can we this is a tough one though. We have to finish off with a hero or villain out of Portland, Denver. It's really tough. They're really just I maybe let's say they're anti heroes. I, <laughs> like, I feel like the Nugs are like the heroes. Like they're That's what I was gonna say. They're they're beat yeah. up, they're injured, like everyone loves Jokic, it's the MVP. And like yeah. I mean, I think the Blazers aren't really like really big villains, but like I think everyone like is pulling for the little underdog in the Nuggets, like little Jokic that could. Yeah, I think Dame's got some villain in him, actually. You know what's funny is I feel like when it comes to this series as well, like if someone asked you like who's better, Jokic or Lord, I think ten ten out of ten people would say that Jokic is better, but. I have like more faith in Dame Lower like taking over for a series than I do Jokic, if that makes any sense. But I think based on the position and the nature of just their their uh offensive capability, the way Jokic plays, he kind of needs people to be firing on all cylinders around him less than uh Dame does. Dame can just be like, Give me the give me the rock now and he'll go off. Yeah. I know what yeah, you're saying. Um all right, so which one do you guys want to talk about? Talk about next? Do, Mavs do you want to go? I'm already, I'm yeah. already fuming about that. I need to get yeah. that. Right. No, I'm super – honestly, Steve, I feel like we're going to be kind of different here because I'm super hyperbolic about it. This screams sweeps to me. I, I just am, like, baffled at what's going on. I The Clippers literally just seem like they do not give a shit out there. And, like, playing and we scared, hate wanting the matchup with the Mavs, like, it's crazy to me watching what's happening. And, I mean, I don't know if it'll be sweet. I think the Clippers are just genuinely too good. But, like, I don't I, – I, can they bounce back from down 2-0? I don't know. So they maybe, but I, I don't think so. They haven't won a playoff game since they were up 3-1. Yeah, I don't know. Denver. Yeah, I'm I, I'm highly skeptical of them bouncing back. I, they, they had their chance to take one at home, and they lost both. It's clear Luca's like talking trash to everyone on the court and to the people on the sidelines. Like he's pissed that they tried to tank to to play them in the first round. Like he knows. That's why you don't is, do that shit, man. Like it it motivates the other team. Like it. Oh, you don't want to play us. You're you're like you're you're scaredy cats. Like you'd rather use a much worse word than scaredy cat. But let's let's keep it clean here. Yeah, um, we try. We try. 
Yeah, it's it really shows you. You just don't have the. I was going to use another bad word. It just shows the they're scared, man. The they're cojones. scared. They're scared. Yeah. No, they they are. What's funny? Can't is, play basketball scared. Well, see, my thing with them is, I don't even know if it's the team is playing poorly because like Kawhi's going off he's playing really well this series and even Paul George is playing pretty well this series he's averaging like well over 20 points a game the problem is just nobody can contain Luka Luka Doncic is an absolute creature on the court like he's just going crazy he he looks like someone who I I mean I think there's a lot of basketball players do so this might sound out of pocket but I just think he lives and breathes this sport that sounds absolutely insane. All these guys that we're talking about that get paid to do this, they've been playing as soon as they could dribble a ball, right? They're the best of the best. But you know what I'm saying here? I feel like this guy, like, really, really, really wants it. Not only does he want it, a lot of people, when they come into the league, they're like, oh, I want to be the, one of the best of all time. You can just kind of tell that Luca wants to be this guy who, cut, who came from Europe and is, like, changing the game. Not only being the best at it right now, he wants to really make his impression – I think the complaining he always does is a reflection of that. He really plays with a fire. I really have gone on, you know, not on the mic. I don't know if I've ever said on this podcast before. I really didn't love his play style before. I never found it too fun to watch. But it really kind of clicked for me last game <laughs> to that he was just always trying to go ahead and elevate his team. He's making people around him better, and a lot of stars can't do that. But you have Tim Hardaway Jr. past his prime and Maxi Cleaver going crazy. And that's insane. No, yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad we finally came around on him. <laughs> like it, it, yeah, it was, I had to. I, I always love people with different takes. And you not really like Luca was always one I enjoyed. But, I mean, you've come to the light. Yeah. It's – um, I – watching, the watching like, um, like bits and pieces because – so, we were actually – all doing something else during this game. So we, I don't think any, none of us got a chance to watch it live <laughs> until like the very end. So I, I went back and watched like uh, a bunch of highlights and clips as much as I could. And what's funny is what were we saying on the pod on Sunday? We were saying that like, why don't we just put Kawhi or, and Paul George on Luca the whole game and just shadow him. And the thing is they were this game and he was still, right. he still almost got 40 points. Like, I don't even know what you can do at this point. It's a, it's yeah, two of the best like traffic in the league. Yeah, can't slow him down. What do you? What do you do? He does yeah. something that that uh, that Steph does really well. Where if he realizes he's getting trapped, he can actually be a great playmaker. He has a great kick out. He can kick it out to someone for a really good shot all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I really, I would not be surprised if this is over, in by next week. I not that LA's not good, they still are, but it seems that Dallas is just on a mission and they're like they're good enough where they can hold they can hang with the Clippers and I don't know, man. I think LA just seems like they're not Yeah. Do you guys want to hit the panic button a little bit? We don't have to do a full, you know, package on this, but I kinda wanna talk what's next for the Clippers a little bit. You gotta be thinking that. Yeah, as a Knicks fan, I'm actually coming over to Luka because I want Luka to sweep them so we get Kawhi to the Knicks. I want Kawhi to leave. I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I just feel like they can't run it back next year. 
if Kawhi Leonard is a New York Knicks next year, I will. Mm, I'll go to the roof of my house and jump. <laughs> just, just jump. Why? You have to watch the team. You can't watch. Them no, 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 no. I just want to. I'll put. I, okay. I wanna, <laughs> I'm not not ending anything. Just jump with jump, joy. Just jump and scream. Jump and scream. <laughs> 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 Stay safe out there, fiends. But I know exactly. I want to jump, <laughs> scream, and yell because no, oh my God, that would be great. Who knows if that's that's getting a little too personal with our team. But you got to think that he's going to want to go somewhere else. Or I think he could stay and L.A. wants to trade that hefty Paul George contract and just try to get something out of it. Who knows? It's just how can you look yourself in the locker room mirror and run it back? It's pretty sad, right? Well, that's franchise. It's like I mean... the way they're playing, too. They just don't, like, give a shit. Like, I don't – like, it's not Zubox. like they're out there their doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah, it's not like they're out there giving it their all, and like you could be like, all right, like we just like came up short this year, like we could try again next year, which is like kind of like what they did last year. But now it's like, well, we don't have a chance at winning anything. This team doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, they kind of are though. I feel like the I feel like the big stars are playing well. I just feel like they didn't put a good team around their big stars. They have so many like good players around them though. Like if you think about it, I, they have like all these big name veteran like players. Demarcus Cousins, right. Serge Ibaka, Rondo, Reggie Jackson, and probably people I'm forgetting, but like Batum. Marcus Marcus Morris. Like they have all these guys, man. They have Luke, a good Luke, roster. Luke Kennard, dude, they paid all that money to in the offseason. He just was a healthy scratch. He just didn't yeah, play. It's inexplicable. Like, what are you doing? Also, like, I mean, John, I know you're a big Ty Lue guy. You love Coach Ty Lue. Him only playing Serge Ibaka for six minutes is absolutely inexcusable. You guys are getting yeah. dominated by by Kleber and Porzingis. You might as well get someone oh big in there and try to contain them. I don't know what you're thinking. No, it's bad coaching on a lot of fronts. It's bad coaching to like, just sit Kennard. I think Serge Ibaka, like you just said, would have stretched the floor really nicely. I'm like you, Riley. I actually just caught it on a YouTube 11-minute package. I didn't get to watch it live. But every time there was a highlight that was going down, the mismatches just were glaring. And the biggest one, it's the most obvious one, but it's just why why is Pat Bev still getting this huge like pedigree of being an ultimate defender? I, I would have almost borderline trusted Rondo on him more. Hey Luca. Yeah. Hey, hey Luca. <laughs> hey, He's Luca. gotta be an annoying guy in the locker room. But yeah, that's our big off mic prediction is that Pat Bev is just he's he's the fringe guy. You don't want to invite him out for drinks. No, definitely not. <laughs> the problem is like what do you even do with, with Pat Bev? Like no one no one would want him. Like I feel like he, he just kinda like you have to like hey, leave him around and just like change the change the locks on him. Hey hey Coach Lou. Coach Lou, what's uh we running it back next year, Coach Lou? <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, I mean, I I mean this one. This is easy to me. You guys all want to go th- three for three, anonymous Mavericks heroes, right? Oh yeah, all right. The Mavs definitely heroes here, and they were last last series in the bubble too. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump like right into another another series right away. Just quick pivot. I want to go ahead and talk about the Grizzlies. I feel like another big hero. These guys are clicking like like a team that's going to be here to stay right now. Yeah, I mean, everyone, like, no one really doesn't like the Jazz, but, like, the Grizzlies are definitely the hero of that series for sure. Just seeing them, what they've gone through, beating, like, all these, like, lower seeds, and then coming into the playoffs, like, oh, they have no chance. And then 
just like literally stealing game one with no Donovan Mitchell. Like, it's very impressive what they've been able to do. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a solid chance that they lose the rest of the games in the series and Utah wins in five. That, that would be very, my very possible. But I, I think it was just incredibly impressive that they were able to get solid playoff minutes for Ja and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson, who he didn't really play great on their first game, but he looked a little bit better tonight. Not that much, but baby steps no, it, here, I guess. It's the same thing we talk about the Knicks, man. They're showing they belong in these types of scenarios, and that's like what uh, what brings um, – what should I say? Uh, what brings pe- free agents to your team. I mean, if they want a chance of getting any big-name free agents, I mean, I can't think of the last big free agent they got. I'm trying to think. Valanciunas was a trade. I can't yeah. even think of anyone they've signed recently. They traded for they, Justice Winslow. Justice yeah. Winslow. Uh, they had Jay Crowder. I guess their biggest got- free agent signing in, like, recent memory is Kyle Anderson. Like, I think that's, like, their biggest one. And well, he, Kyle Anderson, he went off the other night. He had like six no, he's years. he's a pivotal player for them. Don't get me wrong. I actually like Kyle Anderson. I like his slow mo game. But like, they haven't signed a player ever. Like, is the point of yeah. that story. And being relevant and having a young stud like Ja, kind of like the next dude, Julius Randle and RJ, and just being relevant and obviously making noise in the playoffs against the Hawks. It it really it you you wonder if they're going to be in play for a free agent next year. You really do. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could totally see that they go like small game hunting. Like you know how, two years ago when the Jazz were looking to make some moves, they weren't out looking trying to get like the heavy hitters. They weren't trying to get like Kawhi, um, or like try to trade for Davis or any of that stuff. They were like, we're gonna comfortably settle with like Mike Conley, and we're right. just still there. Like, kind of like what the Hawks because, did this year too, just sign like a bunch of middling guys, and it's working for them. Even though we made fun of it, it's working. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's the way you should do it if you're going to be Memphis. Um, I think we I can mean, start Utah, Kyle Lowry to the Grizzlies trade rumors right now. Back home? Back home. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Kyle Him and Jaws would be, like, weird, though, as a fit. Yeah, there, maybe as a backup. I don't know. But someone like that, like, middling. To be, it's, a weird, it's a pretty weird free agent draft class coming up. But they're just – yeah, like you guys said, they're just making their stamp. Right. Yeah, I mean, shout, shout out to Dylan Brooks. He's awesome. Yeah, he's been a very great defensive player. Uh, we hyped up Valanciunas a lot in the last podcast, but I I would love to see them just stick it to him. You guys remember? Yeah. You guys remember they almost traded Dylan Brooks? You remember that whole fiasco? Wait, no, I wait, don't. What happened oh, this is oh, this is two years ago. It was the funniest thing ever. If you guys don't remember, it was when um, Kelly Oubre was traded to the Suns. Kelly Oubre was on the Wizards, and Kelly Oubre was getting traded to the Suns. And they're like, oh, we don't really want Kelly Oubre. So they were trying to do this, like, whole three-team deal. And Memphis, like, agreed to it. They're like, yeah, we'll send you Marshawn Brooks and, like, a couple other guys. And then they, like, mistranslated. So they were like, yeah, so Washington, they'll send you Marshawn Brooks and, like, a few draft picks for Kelly Oubre. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, oh, no, sorry. They said they'll give you Dylan Brooks. And then Washington's like, yeah, we'll take Dylan Brooks and a couple picks for Oubre. And then they got, and then like they all agreed to the terms of the trade, and then it got through to Memphis, and they were like, "Wait a minute, this is Dylan Brooks. We said Marshawn Brooks," and they were like, "Oh no, we want Dylan Brooks," and they said, "Nope, we're not doing this trade." So <laughs> Kelly Oubre ended up in Phoenix. <laughs> That's that story. That's great. I I actually like do remember that. That that is pretty funny. Um, it, it it's a. Uh, 
the the funny thing after all this, we're hyping up the the Grizzlies. The Jazz now with Donovan Mitchell back seem like seem like they're the reason that they were a one seed to begin with. They look right. like a machine. Yeah, Donovan but even though, just, even though even though they look good, the Jazz the Grizzlies are like hanging with them though. You know, it's they're a competitive team, man. I'm I they really showed something in the series, even if they're not going to win it. Yeah. No. I mean, if, when you're a really young team like that, it's probably just all about – you don't really even have to win because uh, nobody thinks that the Grizzlies can honestly compete for the title. I think it's all about, like you're, you're like you're saying, Steve, just making sure these guys are getting playoff minutes and showing that they can fight and care and be ready for next year. And they seem yeah. like they're succeeding at that factor. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Mavericks last year where they just kind of had this – you know, carefree attitude. Let's just get these minutes in and see where it takes us. And they kind of came close to upsetting the Clippers. So I think the Grizzlies are just have a, having a lot of momentum going for them. And that's always kind of fun to watch. I, I like those kind of games where it's, ooh, let's just see if they can pull it out, even though there's not a huge amount at stake. Right. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> heroes, heroes got to be the Grizzlies, right? Yeah. yeah. A very boring villain. No, no villainy. No anything out of the Jazz. Are you guys big big for the Jazz this year, particularly? I just like big fans. I like Donovan. That's it. Yeah, I like Donovan a lot, but that's really it. They, I just don't like Rudy. They impress no. me. Like I'm impressed watching them on the court from like a basketball standpoint. But they're one of the they're one of the least fun teams to watch. I would say. Right. They, I, they like move the ball around like. Of the teams left in the playoffs, I would say, like, the Hawks from a basketball standpoint are my – or the Celtics from a basketball standpoint are my least favorite team to watch. But uh, <laughs> the Jazz, like, I don't know. They just don't have a lot of flashy players. They're, like, anything like a ton of them besides Donovan, who is a franchise guy. Should I tell the pot about my dream? Please. <laughs> I, had a, I had a dream the other day that um, – well, it was a little more relevant before the Jazz were going to win, but – uh, the Jazz is this, is lost. it safe to play? Is this yeah. is this safe yeah, to yeah, play? Yeah. The, ja- the Jazz <laughs> lost. The Jazz lost in six, and then Donovan demanded a trade home to New York. That was the dream, and I woke up very sad that it wasn't true. I mean, I think he fits in our system a lot, and you know, there's a there's a lot of, um, you know, I would say Eastern philosophy about the truth behind dreams, Steve. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is a big, uh, you know, Westchester, New York guy like yourself. Not to sh- not to shout out your location on the pod. I hope you stay safe. I hope uh, fellow <laughs> fans of the fiends don't go hunting for you. But I don't know. I think there's a connection there. So I think if there's ever any any more dreams of trades to report, I think that should be right on blast for everyone. <laughs> I hope he comes home. Bring him home. Uh, I hope him the best. I hope him all the well. Wellness in the world. I don't really want to see him get out of this first round. I hope to see Memphis keep killing it because you know what? That's all in the name of fun. Yeah, um, I'm still kind of pulling for Utah. Just be, I don't know. I like to see them get further. I want to see what they're all about if they're if they're legit or not. But yeah, I'm I'm always torn about the like picking a side in a series like that. It's like, well, if the Grizzlies like do somehow win, it's not like they have any chance to like win another series. Yeah. So, like, I, sometimes you just want the more competitive teams to move on. Yeah, totally. Um. I don't know what series do you want to talk about next. I think we're ready to just go ahead and 
see what uh yeah steve how you feeling man uh did we talk about all the games did we miss any no we, we have we have a couple, we have a couple. Left, but you can uh, let's do well we could do philly washington because we could probably talk about that in 10 seconds philly is a good Washington probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. Is that? Is there any other takes anybody has? Well, I think we well, need to talk about a couple of defensive players. Uh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. After I said, I said on the uh, my jersey winning episode of Shoot Around yes. that Matisse Thybul was going to be the breakout star of the playoffs. He had a defensive night, unlike many people even see anymore. I think he had four four steals and five blocks which is an absolutely incredible stat line. It's incredible. He's, he's, I'm a huge Thibault fan. So, Riley, do you want to go ahead and announce it? Will you be getting a Matisse Thibault jersey? Uh, no, because I will never wear anything related to the Philadelphia Because you know he's not really going to break out. That's why. Well, when he gets, if he gets traded to the Grizzlies, I'll, I'll get the jersey. But I'm not wearing anything <laughs> to Philly. Um, How many points did he have tonight, Riley? Uh, like probably like negative five. Oh yeah, he had five. He had <laughs> exactly five. five. That's pretty Impressive. good. Impressive. There we go. Oh, um, shit. I, then, I, I guess the I I now hate Matisse Thibel. It's a very unwarranted hate. If I saw him, I wouldn't even know how to explain to him why I hate him. But now I hate him. That's a that's a poor reflection of character, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he's good. I hate that you and Bill Simmons really liked him. <laughs> Uh, I guess the there's thing. there's our our tradition of shouting out Bill at least once. Oh, Bill! Uh, you know, Matisse Thibel just runs around a defense and stuff, and he like he has four steals and five. No, but that's the, that's the thing. I bet like when Doc Rivers is like breaking it down, he's like, "Yeah, tonight I don't know, I don't know what my Doc Rivers this is about to be Patrick Star." Basically, it's like, "Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I feel like uh, tonight that Matisse should go out there and just get a bunch of uh, you know, doing stuff." Just doing a lot of things out there. Well, that's it when he calls up. His... really does just run around and do stuff. That's like, <laughs> that really is his whole scouting. That's it, man. He he's an otherworldly player at doing stuff. Totally. Um, I guess the other thing we should probably address is we were given Ben Simmons a lot of flack on Sunday for his lack of offensive firepower, and he came out with eleven for fifteen shooting and dropped twenty two points. So oh yeah, good on him. Well, you guys ready for an for an obvious take? My obvious take is, you know who's really happy about that? The staff of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> well, no. Well, for that, yes, of course. Don, that's a that, hot take. I know. I think you should get the intern on this one. Maybe let's, let's make sure that I'm safe. No one's coming to my home after that kind of take or anything like that. But I think the staff is happy with that for a lot of reasons. But I think he is the X factor of – the playoffs. I feel like if because we were saying that ourselves a few episodes ago when we were previewing the playoffs that if they're really going to get it done, he needs to be like this defensive ball stopper that everyone says he is. And for him to actually go ahead and not just be a defensive guy in that game, but to always go ahead and look like his old rookie of the year self and get up in the you know twenties for points. If he can do that and they have Embiid clicking and these role players clicking, I think they're going to go ahead and make for a very exciting. Eastern Conference Finals matchup with the Bucks. Yeah, my uh, I think my dream for Ben Simmons um, should be just like a bigger and taller Drew Holiday, right? So he just like yeah. is there to block down the number one option and just create plays up the court. He doesn't have to score all the time, but it's not 
if people are sagging off him, he'll be there to score and like drop buckets. So, I mean, that's what they got tonight. Problem is, Drew can actually shoot a basketball. Yeah, that that is a good point. Yeah, Ben Simmons has to be like five feet away from the bucket, but I I feel for Ben. I feel like Ben is that guy who like walks by the pickup game. He's like, come on, let me see it. He's still in like slides and socks and a hoodie, and he's like, come on, let me shoot. And he's like hyping himself up that he can shoot, but he airballs. There yeah. was a whole narrative going around that's like, oh, Ben Simmons, he's learning. He wants to learn. Look at him in the gym in the offseason, in the shot. Never compare offseason gym footage to regular season stuff because it's ridiculous. I think if we removed the fact that there was reports that he wanted to learn to shoot and shoot well, I think I'd like him a lot more. I think that's what added to me being frustrated with him. I think time will help with that. No more offseason like, gym footage. It'll all get better as that declines. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I've seen way too much footage of Mitchell Robinson draining threes and other center. Hassan Whiteside was like a three-point marksman, like off the dribble in practice. I'm, I don't take any stock in that. It's anymore. a lie. It's all a lie. Um, I guess before we we uh, get too high on Philly, though, I don't know. Did you guys see that video of the Philly fan throwing the bucket of popcorn at Russell Westbrook as he went into the locker room with an injury? Disgusting. New yeah. New York fans would never. Ah, uh, New York fans probably would, but <laughs> we absolutely would. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're know, they're, good enough yet. There's funny ways to do like get in players' heads and go at players, but like that's just like what are we doing here? Like, no, that's like violent. Chant about that's their a... chant about their impending baldness, baldness. Don't throw popcorn at them. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally with that. That's really serious. Yeah. What if he hurt himself? What if he slipped on popcorn and like tore an ACL? I mean that. Then I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any comment to that because yeah. if, if that should happen. if you're so unathletic, <laughs> yeah. where you're gonna slip on popcorn, and you shouldn't be playing in, in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I well, well, I'll break. I'll just that, break the silence by saying Royce O'Neal is having a great game. By the way. Oh well, he's no Matisse. We're moving past that. that is, that's another episode. That's going to be in the Hall of Fame of Hoop Fiends, the Royce O'Neal versus Matisse Thibel beef. And I hope one day Popcorn versus Russell Westbrook is there too. But Popcorn this is way, versus Russell Westbrook. <laughs> this is way too much time on this series. That's going to be a clear sweep that hopefully sends Brad Beal into absolute just demanding a trade a year before his contract's open. So you know what? Maybe the Knicks. Who knows? Maybe it's the Knicks. Well, no, I think it's going to be the Celtics. Oh, he is boys with Jason Tatum. I forget that. Um, well, I mean, the, Washington's still the heroes, though, right? Because Beal's a hero. Westbrook, oh, yeah. nice to see him. I just think it's such a big underdog that are just heroes. Like, yeah. Billy's that anti hero villain type role. Like, the, just, like, we're all kind of rooting for him, but I still think Joel Embiid's a villain type of thing, you know? As long as, as long as we're on the topic of hero and villain labels, can we just go ahead right into the next one with, I think, the absolute clear and above favorite for villain of the playoffs. It's Kevin Durant. He is going He's going out there trying to harm Jason Tatum. He's he a literally wants to beat him up. So I, it really, really stinks to watch because he just – he goes out there. He just, like, throws Tatum around all the time and nobody calls anything about it and it's – it's whatever. I mean, I'm never one to for more ref interference, but it's a it's a lot, dude. It's scary because what if Tatum like gets seriously hurt and misses 
part of next year. But imagine you imagine if the Celtics climbed their way into the playoffs only for like something like that to happen. Everyone knocked on wood very quickly. We were big fans of Tatum, you know, not in particular him staying healthy, but it's just seemingly like that could happen with how much he's going out of his way to hurt people. And I feel like Kevin Durant's been a villain, but never like this. No, never like this. He, uh, I don't know. This whole Brooklyn team is just really annoying. I, I've really developed this strong visceral hatred for a lot of their bench players because I don't really think any of them are very good. Like, I think obviously besides the big three and Joe Harris are good and the rest of them are kind of garbage. I despise Nick Claxton. I don't think he's very good at all. He's only good because he has no You mean you don't like Bruce that. Brown? I hate Bruce Brown. I despise I Jeff Green. Green. I, I can't stand Shamit. I hate Shamit. Is there just a, yeah, I don't know. The whole team just ticks me off. Like, Joe Harris is it. I, I like him, but that's because he's one of the only original Nets left. Back when I was like, okay, the Nets are cool. When it was like him and D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, I was like, okay, that's a fun team. Soon as that team broke up, I hope they absolutely just lights go out in the Barclays Center. I hope it becomes like a COVID mega site for giving out the vaccine because that would be more worth everyone's time than there being another team in New York. Pack it up, go to Seattle, get out. No one wants to get, get out. That would be awesome. I just, um, I, have, I could go on for days. I'm just, I'm almost sick and tired of talking about how much I hate, despise, and hate the Nets. They're just the worst. I really hate all of them. Yeah. I hate that team. I hate the majority of their fans, except for a few day ones that I know were Net fans from the beginning. But I, they are out there. They are out there. It's just, it's just awful. And I really don't understand how people don't like i mean i guess most people do feel the same way as us but still yeah i mean yeah. so we, we we went all out in the knicks that's our team riley for your team anything you got you got out of that game that's worth the highlight no like they're, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> so sad i don't have anything to say no hey, I, Carson I, Edwards, I, I, five points. I, i'm like trying not to watch much of those games because i know i want have zero happiness coming from them because i'll want to root for the celtics I just, like, legitimately know they just can't and won't do it. Like, The only thing I'll say is there's no bigger um, blight on Danny Ainge's career, and I hope it shows everybody that Ainge's roster construction is the problem than the fact that Jabari Parker, a man they just, like, found on the side of the road. <laughs> they were just like, hey, you want to come play basketball for us? He's like, yeah, okay. He, the fact that he was getting, like, he got a couple minutes in the game. Like, what's going on here? Why is Jabari Parker playing? This- I also, I was looking at the box score the other day from, like, uh, on Sports Alerts. Shout out Sports Alerts. It's the best app for your box scores. The Nets, I mean, the, the Celtics played, like, 18 guys. I, like, didn't even know that was, like, physically possible in the playoffs. Like, they had so many active players playing minutes. Well, they literally threw everybody. They, they yeah. threw, I think they threw their entire active roster out there, Steve. I they did. I'm looking at everybody. 15 guys. I didn't even think that was, like, allowed. <laughs> and they still lost by a billion. Well, right. I think, I mean, a majority of it obviously came in garbage time, I'm sure. But, like, still, I just didn't even know you could have that many bad guys on your team. <laughs> like, nope, if you nope, don't they, like, they really do. They, they have, like, five or ten horrible basketball players. A lot of horrible basketball players. I think they should borderline start resting Tatum so he doesn't get hurt out there. I really do. I like, think forget they, it. Throw it in. They should like bubble wrap him. <laughs> yeah. Put like a put a compression sleeve on his whole body 
instead of like an armor and knee, just have like him have like a face mask of a compression sleeve out there. Be careful, Jason. We love you. I he's really one of my favorite players in the NBA. He is an absolute like sight to see. And I, I, I think they'll be okay, man. I think because you know, no matter what, if you have two, I would say top top fifteen to eighteen guys in the league, I would th- I think him and Jalen Brown are really, really up there. Talent will gravitate towards them. I just think you're right. They gotta get better people around them. And not just about better people, but just like make the roster make more sense. Why was Tristan Thompson a big thing to go get? Why was Jeff Teague a big deal? I think it sounded exciting at the time. It's not. Get it together in the offseason and maybe remove Ainge or have him like graduate to a chairman role and have someone exciting with a fresh pair of eyes go in. Maybe you can apply for that job, dude. I would just be like, stop drafting bad guys. Like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> but, um, I mean, shout out Evan Fournier. He finally got his uh, – like, people in Boston love him now because he called Kevin Durant a bitch. Everyone loves that. Um, yes. Wait, 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 wait. But, I missed that. When did that happen? So, <laughs> so this is, like, mid-blowout. They're probably down by, like, 25 at this point. And someone goes to pass Fournier the ball, and Durant goes to try to steal it and, like, throws the ball out. And, like, apparently he says something to Fournier, and Fournier goes, like, don't ever talk to me like that, bitch. That was very respectful. It was, like, please don't talk to me, bitch. That was, like, a little bit of kindness with some disrespect peppered in there. I liked it. Oh, now I officially like Evan Fournier. (laughs) I never really liked him much. And you know that really got under Kevin Durant's skin. He's, like, shows how much he knows. Yeah. Oh I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics win game three. Bold take. I think KD's a little shook. Well, only well, thing, a... only thing I care about is come, moving forward. And the only reason why I'm even still interested in the series is seeing Kyrie Kyrie's first game back in Boston with fans. Oh, that would be exciting. Uh, yeah, I could see Boston winning game three. I really could. They have a lot of narrative. I don't think they'll get swept. I really, I never did. I think they'll get one. I don't see two, but admit, why not next game? You heard it here first. We'll get it. I really don't appreciate Kyrie Irving wearing green shoes. He's wearing green sneakers. It's such a – oh, my God. Oh, disrespect. On a mitigated I, goal. And, <laughs> and, On a fashion level. Any Boston fans who are going to the game and are listening to this podcast, please buy all the popcorn you can and throw it at Kyrie Irving. And <laughs> That's Kevin the only Irving. time it's allowed. And he may trip and fall on it. I don't know why. I feel like he would. Yeah. <laughs> and then he will retire from basketball saying it's not safe anymore. I'm, I'm done. He's anti-popcorn. They should give – if Brooklyn wins the title, they should just give Joe Harris a ring and then put everybody else on, like, a plane and, like, send them to Guam somewhere far away. Yeah, just far, very far away. The farthest part in the world. They can um, go play uh, basketball with Jay Cole in Rwanda. What's, dude, what's so annoying is – we talk all the time. We're like, oh, like Milwaukee can can win, like or Philly can win. I really can think they can go to the finals. I watching them the other night. I don't even see how how you can beat the Nets four times. Like, doesn't I? I can't think of a way. Well, maybe one of them gets hurt. I think people are just banking on them getting hurt, but like I don't know. That's just I. I can't see them not winning unless something bad happens. To be honest, I'm not. I'll never be one to root for that because then it delegitimizes the whole thing. 
But so I, I will root for it, but I wouldn't be the most sad person. I don't know why. I'm actually pressed to remember what was. Was there any big, like televised uh, primetime games? The Nets against any other huge title contenders? I feel like every the time Bucks, I watched the, the games against the Bucks. Yeah, okay, the Bucks I remember won that. both. I but think the Bucks won. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, no, I, yeah, I know. I know what you mean, but I was just Yeah, yeah but I just feel like every time I watched the Nets, they were, like, going heads, to t- you know, back and forth with the Cavs and Colin Sexton. I feel like I have no memories of the Nets actually having a problem this year. So that's what I'm holding out for. I feel like I just don't see them, like, winning the finals necessarily because I just can't see them getting through series after series with a pretty good team. So that's what I'm Wait, holding out for. Just by one last final thought, and while we're bashing Kyrie, um, you make you saying that about Colin Sexton made me realize, John. Apparently, that game back in Cleveland was yeah. the Cavs was the first time Kyrie's been played back in Cleveland against fans since he demanded a trade. He didn't wow. play all in Boston. I get. I like. I had no idea. He's a coward. He really is. He's a Colin coward. Yes. <laughs> that guy's that guy is one day we'll work up doing a up to doing a Colin Coward impersonation. We love to rip impressions on this pod. Coward's he, he's <laughs> he's a he's a type of guy, Kyrie Irving, he's, he's gonna go ahead, he's gonna burn stage. You know, he's he's not gonna pass first. He's he's gonna go, guys, let's let's try this out. Is it fun? The earth's flat. Maybe so is the court, all right? So let's roll with it. Is that coward? Is that good? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I'll work on it off mic. Yeah, I mean, this is this series is over, to be honest. It's over. I, I, Steve, I, I appreciate you saying that maybe they can get by on, like, sheer emotion and adrenaline on Friday. On, uh, nah, Friday, that's but... the type of game that they win, man. I'm ready. I'm in. I'm locked in. I can't wait. I'm not sure. I, don't know. I, feel, like, I feel like Tatum plays well at home. I, I agree with Steve, actually. Shout out Rob Williams, too. He's awesome. I love the Time Lord. Uh, that's that's all I have on the Celtics. I'm done with them. All right. Uh, and we left one of the biggest ones for last. I, again, I watched weird games. I watched, like, start to finish Portland-Denver, start to finish that ugly Boston-Brooklyn game. I had to catch highlights again for this big, big, big Lakers-Suns game. Uh, I was watching it, and then I went back and watched the highlights to get even get some more uh, info. But it was a, it was another fun game. I this series is awesome. Yeah, uh, is like Chris Paul okay? No, <laughs> clearly not. That's like a yeah, problem. I'm a little worried because if he's not okay, they're not winning at all. They have no chance. No, no chance. And like he clearly wasn't okay in that game. Like, not only did he look horrible, his stats were horrible. Like, it was yeah. not good at all. Campaign no, was good. I love campaign. Campaign, yeah. Campaign went off. He brought them back into the game. The Lakers were blowing them out for a little while, it felt like. And uh, then, like, campaign was like, I will not be silenced. <laughs> and brought them back in. That was huge. Oh. We love the cams. All the cams are good on that team. They, they're a deep, deep team with, like, two huge stars and, like, some pretty excellent role players. I think this does go to six or seven, one way or another. I, I, uh, I will say, um, John, we, you were doubting uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, we were all kind of worried away, like how yeah. tired he was, and like he didn't care. He he really showed up the other night. Uh, he got thirty-four points, 
Guess how many free throws he took. If I had to guess, he went to the line 20 times. Yeah, he had 21, which is wow. ridiculous. Insane. Oh, my DeAndre God. DeAndre Ayton soft. DeAndre Ayton was just like, oh. No, but Ayton's been playing well. He's been playing pretty good. I, my other Lakers – my only other Lakers take is, man, I love this guy, but you, you can't roll Andrew – Andre Drummond out there. I don't know why Frank Vogel insists on putting him out for long stretches of time, but he doesn't look very good, or he doesn't look like he's comfortable out there. And he doesn't really flow with their offense at all. Not at all. And you can clearly tell that Marcus Gasol can space the floor so much more. He definitely didn't go off, but in the YouTube highlight package I watched, he was absolutely lacing you know, a couple three-pointers. And, again, that's what space in the floor is all about. It's not about always hitting your threes. It's about the fact that if you get the ball, someone's going to come to try to close you out. It's about that fear of being able to shoot. They do not fear for a minute that Andre Drummond's going to take a shot. So, that's a problem. The uh, So, what, what's our theory about the buyout guys? They all came in and just ended up not mattering. Blake Griffin's been the best one. I think I was the Blake Griffin guy, right? I mean, he's actually good. Yeah. You know, who, I think we split it up. Riley, you were the Lamarcus Aldridge guy who, I mean, I guess just retired. Yeah. And, yeah. And John was I think that's actually Drummond. Yeah. Drummond. But, like, Drummond, I don't know. It's just – it's just – it's not even that he's bad. It's just that, like, Anthony Davis is just a way better center. And, like, not – like, things are better you when know, he plays center. I think Andre Drummond is good and provides value if you went to the right team. This just wasn't the right situation for him. No. It easily could have just went to, like, Boston or somewhere. I mean, like, super yeah. valuable. But... Well, it, dude, it literally only seems like Frank Vogel's playing him because he's like, well, we have a guy who was an all-star at center. We might as well play him at center and start him at center. Yeah. It's like, it's like duh, all right. Literally. But, but if you just watch it, it doesn't work. I don't know. Andre Drummond reminds me of, like, my uncles who always complain about being at work. And there's always these young guys that are just, you know, they have their college degrees and they're coming in with all these big tech and all these new ideas. And my uncles are feeling phased out. That's like Andre Drummond. He's playing, like, (laughs) grit and grind in the paint basketball. And he's being phased out by these unicorns who can be big men but also shoot. There's not a place in this world for my uncles or for Andre Drummond. (laughs) <laughs> and well, I think that's that's true. There's, he play, he's just old. Well, well, the thing is, there is just a, there is a place for Andre Drummond. Like I don't understand what what when they when he brings when Monty Williams brings Dario Saric in at the five. That's when they should be like, all right, Drummond, go in there and just body Dario Saric. Yeah. Like I don't understand why he has to be in the starting lineup and go against Aiden all the time. Like Aiden's clearly just bullying him around. Well, I think it's a matter of a big problem that Davis has always had. He doesn't like playing the five. He wants to be the four. And I think there's certain situations where Davis needs to just be the five. We just need to wake up, Anthony. <laughs> I'm still so mad at him, and I don't have any reason to. He responded and had a monster game. And I, if they win the finals again, it's going to be because of games like last night. So, I, I see it. Yeah, I think I said – I think I said Phoenix is going to win this series, but I don't know. I'm still I'm worried about Chris Paul. He didn't really look very good uh, last night, and then eventually Monty Williams just 
I don't even think Chris Paul played like in the fourth quarter. It didn't seem like. No, I don't. I think he played like I think the stat was like three minutes in the second half or something. Wasn't good at all. Not no. good. At- That's. If he's not going to be it's playing be many fun. minutes, they're not. They're going to be in trouble. No, because he was like the people were trying to put him for MVP this year. He was the kitchen nightmares guy, as you know, people say for that team. He came in and turned it around. So you really need him to act like that veteran star presence. I'm really hoping this series continues to be a lot of fun. I see it continuing to be fun just because all the star power. Yeah. Um... What what sucks is the Suns are such such good heroes, dude. They got like a bunch of uh, guys who like care and they're they're gritty. They want to be there. Though I do say I feel like Devin Booker has some serious villain potential that could be unlocked with him one day. I've always John, thought he is. John, yeah, I was gonna say John's a big Devin Booker is a villain guy. He loves to talk to the crowd. He loves to get in it no, with players. No, yeah, he has that same like Trey Young type of vibe. Like yeah, he just like. He's a really good player, and he's a little cocky about it, which is fine. But, like, I, like I, I like it, but some people might not. I borderline feel bad that they're playing the Lakers round one because they could have been in a situation that's kind of similar to the Grizzlies if they weren't playing the Lakers round one where it's like, wow, let's just see these young guys get out of round one, you know? If right. they can get out of round one against, let's say, if they were playing Portland, like, wow, what a changing of the guard. Booker, you know, beating Dame Lillard, like, that's huge. But I feel like this is such a problem for particularly Devin Booker. There's a really good chance they don't get out of the series. And there's a really good chance that the narrative continues that he can't get it done in the postseason because this is his first trip to the postseason. But the narrative will continue that he just can't get it done when it matters. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair to him because he's putting up good numbers. But that's going to be the label he rolls with if they don't get out. Well, sure, that, that sucks. Well, the question is that everyone's always ragged on Trey Young and Devin Booker being like the good stats, bad team guy, or they just like put up empty stats. Who's that going to be next? Is that just Zach Levine? Honestly, it is Zach Levine. <laughs> like, that's a very good example of someone who it is. Um, I don't know who else. So it's who's someone in the playoff, not in the playoffs, puts up a lot of points, but. I mean, like you could, I could argue it's like Brandon Ingram and Zion. Well, yeah, not Zion, Zion. But, like Brandon Ingram deserves it more than Zion does. Because like, yeah. what is Brandon Ingram doing? Like, how are they so bad year after year? He literally just runs around, and does stuff. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns maybe another good one. Oh, Anthony like, Edwards. Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Anthony Edwards scored like billions of points and won like four games. Yeah, yeah that's a good example of that for sure. Colin Sexton, your boys. Colin Sexton, yeah. Good I love Sexton. I want to go to Sextown. He's awesome. I, I, I think he's cool. I think he's like – I think the Cavaliers should really consider him as a good friend of theirs. I think they should really ride that <laughs> way. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, and I think I mean, it's easy. For, I, mean, I don't think we're going to waver. We were talking about it. Uh, Phoenix is clearly the heroes. I think a lot of people are trying to see them out of it. I will not go on the record and say – uh, what role I currently work in in life, but I do work in a role where I talk to customers all day long uh, across the country. If any time I come up and I see their hometown city, if they have a team currently in the NBA playoffs, I go, hey, let's go this team. And I see if they bite. And today someone bit. I go, let's go Suns from a caller from Phoenix. We were going back and forth. And they said the vibe down in Phoenix is electric. So they're big heroes. Shouts out to uh, 
Uh, I can't remember her name, but shout out to that that caller from a role that I will not describe on mic. But it's great. Go Phoenix. And they're heroes. What if you see anybody with a Brooklyn who says they live in Brooklyn? I I hang up. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually, I talk about the Dodgers. (laughs) Oh, that Jackie Robinson. I saw him steal home once. I talk about the Dodger dogs. I go, I just go really close to the mic and I go, you ever really just miss Ebbets Field? <laughs> like, I'm 26. <laughs> Can you help me with this uh, issue that I can't get into on mic, sir? <laughs> All right. We're gonna be, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next Sunday to break down everything going down between now and then. This is it. This is two pods a week. It's necessary and important, as I've told everyone in my life, <laughs> get used to it. Uh, like we did last time, let's go ahead and quickly evaluate. How did everyone's predictions and hopes uh, age? I went ahead and I hoped that Jim, Jimmy Butler stepped up. Didn't really happen. Going into next week, I'm hoping that DeAndre Ayton can continue to be an X factor. I think he actually is playing pretty well offensively, but he needs to start at least just taking back of the volume of Anthony Davis defensively. So really going to pay attention to what Aiton does next. What are you guys looking forward to? Or fiending I, around. I, I, I said I was looking forward to the, the, the Heat fighting back and making it interesting and going to war and shit like that. And they, uh, they did the opposite. So let's see if I can jinx it again. Uh, let's see. I probably am really excited in, in general just to see how the Lakers and Sun series plays out because – I don't know, and, and I, I'd throw in the Clippers and Mavs too. It's just these two LA teams, I guess, in general. I'm really excited to see what they do, and I'm because if you really think about it, they're two of the biggest franchises like in the West, like in terms of ex- expectations going into the playoffs. And one's down two zero, one's down one, or one's tied one one. So just really see what uh, what they do the next games or two. Really exciting. It, it is going to stink if we never get that L.A. versus L.A. series. Well, we're never – I've, I've determined I don't think we're ever getting that anymore. That's disappointing. No way. Basketball doesn't work that way. Teams don't stay the same for that long. they got to get it together. So my, my uh, thing last episode was discussing I wanted to see how MSG and Trey Young would respond to each other, and they did very oh. well. It was, that was great to watch. Trey Young's still instigating everybody. I think I want to see how Atlanta responds to the Knicks and that crowd there. But I think the thing I'm most looking forward to uh, during this week is I want to see uh, what Jokic can do and if Michael Porter Jr. can take a leap. Because I think Denver's entire playoff hopes rely on if Michael Porter Jr. is really any good. And if he can show up for that Jamal Murray role and be like a solid number two option. And if he can do that, I, I think Portland has no chance. If, if Michael Porter Jr. can just play consistently, get like 25 points a game, Denver will win this series, hands down. Yeah, MPJ is a big one to watch. So just like last week, we're going to go ahead and see if what we just went ahead and put into motion can go ahead and come into fruition. Excited to see DeAndre in. MPJ and see how these LA series roll out. Guys, that was fiending around. I like fiending around. It's a lot more calm, a lot more zen, a lot less at stake. It's just fun for us to go ahead and see what's going on. A lot less uh, competing going on. I, I couldn't handle that too much longer, clearly, because I, I, I did not win. So, I like competing. 
that, we'll, we'll find something new to compete maybe down the line. But that was fiending around. The two of you, thanks for fiending around with me. We're kicking it up to a whole new volume with these two pods a week. So we'll be back Sunday. And by Sunday, some teams will have played two more times. Things are only going to get more and more interesting. By Sunday, some series could potentially really look like they are over. So that'll be fun. Go ahead and rip off the social media handles again for us, Steve. At Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Always go ahead, drop that comment, drop the follow. Um, Steve, you're doing an absolute bang-up job on the uh, the graphics. They look great. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I think Chris all... Middleton one's coming soon. Just a little late, but it's coming oh, soon. Oh, okay, it's coming. Uh, everyone, we're absolutely killing it. I love this team. I uh, I feel like a proud, proud team member. I really love working with you guys. For sure. Every, I love it. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's also 1 a.m. and time to go. It is time to go. You guys go ahead, everyone listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Fiends, thanks for feeding. Have a good night, guys. See you on Sunday. See you.